What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Hello and welcome everybody to yet another episode of A Change in Attitude. Yes, I am of course your host for the week, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruden. Along with me here, I've brought uh, my partners in crime here, uh, the the Cerebus that is A Change in Attitude. Uh, (laughs) I've got uh, Ori. Ori, how are you doing? Is it Cerebus or Cerberus? Cerberus, there you go. There we go. There we go. I, I had to finish um, swallowing this Diet Coke that was... Uh, just, mm. That's okay. We'll forgive you for the swallow, not for the Diet Coke, though. That, that It's disgusting. You'll never be forgiven for the Diet Coke. I appreciate that. Oh, oh the Cerebus. Yeah. <laughs> or the cer- Yeah, whatever I said. Um, <laughs> I'm doing well, though. Thank you. <laughs> glad to hear it. Uh, and uh, our, our, our other uh, uh, co-host here, uh, you, you know him, you love him, his, his name is Mags. Mags, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, Tanner. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, part of this Cerebrus, whatever you claim that we are. Yeah, I mean, I figured like like you and Ori would be like the top two heads, and then it and then it's me, and I'm I'm the one that has like like the gonky googly eyes and the tongue hanging out. <laughs> like that's the, that's, the, that's the, the one that I thought I would be the idiot one. Yes, yes. Oh that would goodness. Be me. Uh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are. Uh, Tuning in here on this episode of A Change in Attitude to a, a very special event. Um, I'm not sure if you knew, but it's SummerSlam live at the Gund Arena in, uh, I think it's Cleveland? Cleveland, Cleveland Ohio. Yes. Uh, how, how special. Um, we 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 are uh, we are live. It's uh it, it's uh, August eighteenth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, ten days away from me turning six years old. Yes. Wow. Good times. Great memories. Oh. Oh, great memories of this show. Little little me. Perhaps perhaps so. Um. So before we get into this uh ultra special review. 
Um, I'll, I'll ask the both of you, and I'll start with Ori. Um, Ori, what were your expectations leading into this uh, SummerSlam 1996 event? Um, it was kind of middle of the road, honestly. I, I wasn't, and I think a lot of that has to do with part of the way they built it, and partly because of the last pay per view international incident. I, I really felt kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Like this, this could go either way, honestly. Uh, you know, so I, I'll save my my thoughts of it in total until later. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a glass half person. Like I'm not glass half full, glass half empty. I'm I'm willing to kind of give anything a shot. Keep it in in the middle of the road so to speak. And so I kind of didn't go in with a whole lot of expectations to be overwhelmed or underwhelmed, you know? So that's kind of where I sat. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. I know you're really looking forward to the uh, Farouk Assad uh, and Ahmed Johnson match here. Of course, that uh, that didn't no, no, didn't quite happen. Poor Ahmed is still still out on injury with that kidney. Um, found out mid-show that he had the bleeding had returned. He'd gone back to the hospital, but he was back at home. And things are what they are. So, but, you know, still an interesting card, still an interesting lineup, still has the potential for good things. So we shall see what happens. Fingers crossed here, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Fingers crossed. Uh, And I'll kick it over to Mags here as well. Uh, Mags, what were your expectations headed into SummerSlam 1996? Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of like what Ori said, we we got the the trap that was an international incident. Um, For me, the storylines leading into this SummerSlam didn't feel huge. Uh, we obviously had the the one big storyline going into it. We didn't end up getting because of the uh, the injury to uh, Ahmed Johnson, but a lot of the the matches seemed to have to be recycled feuds that we'd seen uh, a couple of pay per views ago, and then were kind of left on the back burner and then brought back into uh, the forefront. Or they just didn't have any sense at all. I mean, the Owen Hart versus Savio Vega opener. Where the hell did that storyline come from? Who knew what that was all about? Um, and then, obviously, the the four-man uh, tag match. Um, again, it's, it's been built, but why? Why has that storyline come out? Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a lot of uh, massive expectations going into the show, but um, some stuff I was pr- uh, pleasantly surprised with. Some stuff went down like an absolute farting church. So it's a very mixed bag of a show uh especially when you compare it to king of the ring which we started with uh that was a, a really hot start and then around this time is when we had bash of the beach uh 996 on 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 the other channel which was the the huge heel turn of, of hulk hogan so it was um it was not a good time for for wwf around here this, i think uh what was happening on WCW was really affecting uh, how many people were buying this show. And it, uh, whole, I mean, we know uh, now what happens, uh, but being a fan at this time, you would hope that the, the pressure from WCW would enforce some sort of change with uh, within WWF. And hopefully that's what we're going to see over the next few months. 
Well, uh, I, I'm sure that we will we will ultimately arrive at that destination. Uh, Fingers but, crossed. Uh, yeah, but 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 like a fart in church, it is sometimes unexpected when that might happen. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the show. Of course, uh, like I said earlier, August eighteenth, uh, nineteen ninety six. We are hot off of the Olympics, actually, down in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, Kurt Angle, uh, a Olympic hero that we will soon one day be talking about here on this show. Um, he he has just won Olympic gold in wrestling, so you know definitely keep that in mind here as uh, we go about this show. Um, the opening video package we had Shawn Michaels and Vader highlighted alongside the uh, the Undertaker and Mankind feuds. Uh, obviously, we've talked about that to a great extent on this show. Uh, lots of coverage here, and um, yeah, I thought I thought the video package was was nice. It was, it was fine. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing you can always kind of kind of count on with WWF or even current WWE. Their video packages, they build them very well. They put mm-hmm. them together very, very well. You know, even back in 96, it, you know. There's the old adage, you can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. You can polish a turd, it's still a turd. But at the same time, like, they really did really well at, I'm sorry, the pig looked pretty. Mm. You know, they they made it look good. They made it look interesting. And so it kind of put me in a mind frame of, okay, my expectations are a little more raised after watching that video package, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yep. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree. Uh, WWE, again, like you said, has a long tradition of making their video packages look uh, phenomenal um, and, and really buys you into the uh, event as a whole, I would say. Yes. Um, the, uh, the, the commentary team for, uh, for SummerSlam 1996 is, of course, uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, but he, he is surrounded by uh, uh, Jim Ross as well as Mr. Perfect. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, the, the atmosphere was electric, um, uh, <laughs> as described by Vince. Um, electric. Yeah, very very worrying considering the, the, the card here. Uh, opening contest, as Mags pointed out earlier, Owen Hart versus Savio Vega. I, 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 what, 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 why? I don't understand. This, this, this kind of came out of nowhere. Owen mm-hmm. Hart's never had a beef with Savio Vega. Uh, Savio Vega, to my knowledge, doesn't have beef with Owen Hart. But here we are, uh, a a nearly fifteen minute long uh, match, an excursion of the um, the abilities of both men here. Uh, Mags, what did you think of this match? Yeah, I thought it was a, a decent opener. It's not the the best uh, Owen or Savio Vega match that we've seen uh, so far in this show, but it was it was good for what it was. Uh, I think the the whole point of this match wasn't uh, particularly that it was Owen versus uh, Savio. I mean, you could have essentially swapped Savio out with with pretty much anybody. This was to feed into the fact that Cornet was kind of abandoning um, Bulldog and Owen 
to focus on uh, Vader. I think that was the the kind of storyline that that I was getting. But in terms of the the in match stuff, it started a little bit slow for me, which uh, was quite surprising considering how um, how these two wrestlers particularly. Uh, could keep up a relatively fast pace. Uh, you could argue that they're two of the better wrestlers in WWE uh, right now. Um, well, in WWF right then, should I say? Uh, but the you get a lot of focus on uh, Owen Hart and the and the broken wrist, which he's had for about fifteen years now. That cast is absolutely disgusting. Uh, but the action was 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 fun. Uh, uh, you got um, segments where they were both missing the. Uh, the um the the flying spinning heel kick and stuff like that um the the end was 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 interesting where Tim Watt claimed to have not seen Owen take his cast off and, and hit uh hit uh Savio with it even though even on the replay you can clearly see that he does see it um but yeah for me the interesting part was the fact that Clarence Mason walked his way down to the ring and was trying to kind of uh to get on the good side of Owen Hart and, and 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 show him that if Jim Cornette doesn't really think much of you, I'll I'll happily manage you. Uh, that kind of leads back to his conversation when he was on commentary with Vince, when Vince was saying, "What's your what's your role here? Uh, what's your uh, position with uh, with Crush?" And he was adamant he wasn't a manager, but yet now he's coming and trying to uh, build a stable, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Owen gets uh, gets the win with the sharpshooter. A good opener. Uh, nothing spectacular. Nothing really too memorable. Uh, aside from the uh, the Clarence Mason and Owen hug at the end. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would say that that's pretty astute observations there, especially the part of Tim White. Um, <laughs> uh, Ori, yeah, th- this match kind of came out of nowhere. What did you think of this one? You know, for a match that was not really supposed to happen for whatever reason, you know, due to storylines or what have you, injuries, I'm glad we got it. I thought it was a great match. I was super into it the whole time. I will say one thing that I noticed right off the jump before the match even got started, the production value seems to have gone up just a little bit. I could hear the entrance music throughout the show of every wrestler much better than I could have over the last two pay-per-views and all of the Raws that we've had so far. Um, So it seems like we're kind of turning a a corner, maybe just a little bit in production uh, at this point, which I greatly appreciate. Of course, we got the dirty cast back. I, I, I just thought it was a great match. And then we got the dirty shot with the dirty cast, you know, which for God's sake, like, I get it. He's not quote unquote supposed to see it. You could have seen that shit from space. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it was very obvious, you know, what happened. Like, don't get me wrong. Owen did a good job of hiding, pulling his arm out of the cast, but the act and then putting his arm back into the cast. But the actual shot, like it was, it was super badly obvious and i don't know if that's a flub on the part of owen or savio vega or just the ref like that his ref that his attention should have been elsewhere still on clarence mason or 
you know, maybe it's Clarence Mason's, Mason's fault for not trying to pull the attention of the, the ref more or what have you. Mm-hmm. But that that was a, a bit of a, a botch to, mm-hmm. to me. It, somewhere it, it just kind of fell apart. But I mean, whatever the reason for Clarence Mason being there, I mean, Vince alluded, well, you know, he is their legal representation for Camp Cornette, you know, trying to give some type of validity as to why Cornette's not out there and Mason is. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess t- to some degree it made sense, I guess, whatever. But I, th- I thought – you know, I'm glad we got the match. I thought it was a great match all throughout. Even if it started slow, the the energy in the crowd was there for it, for whatever reason, and for an opening match to kick things off high and hot. And it it really, I think it did what it needed to do, and I thought it was great personally. Yep. Uh, one thing that I should point out here too, uh, uh and I'll allow both of y'all to, to answer it before we move on. Uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw actually comes down to the, uh, to ringside with Zebekaya post match and attacks, uh, Savio Vega. Um, and, um, yeah, he just talks about how Savio Vega has been a pain in his side, uh, you know, for, for a long time. And, you know, that's his rationale here. Are we looking forward Orion Mags to a extended feud between Savio Vega and uh, Justin Hockbratshaw. Meh. <laughs> like, and, and honestly, I think the fact that they muffled what Bradshaw was trying to say at the desk so badly, mm-hmm. like, it, it really... I wasn't sure why he was out there initially. Like if he was trying to complain, oh, Owen, Owen hit him with the cast. I could see it. Like I was really trying to discern what Bradshaw was, was saying and it just came out muffled garbage. So it really threw me off when he went and attacked Savio Vega. But now it's like, okay, I guess we're getting that angle, and that's part of why we're getting this match between the two. Like, I'm not super excited. Like, I'm excited to see Savio Vega wrestle some more. I- I'm really enjoying watching him wrestle. But overall, eh, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I feel exactly the same as, as Ori. I'll, I'll happily watch Um Bradshaw versus Vega, but it's not right. a storyline that I would miss if it wasn't there. And it's interesting how this started the the storyline. I mean, we've seen uh, uh, Bradshaw and and Vega have matches before, but yeah. if he had issue with with Savio, why not get involved in the match? Why wait till after the match to to uh, to attack? It. I mean, if you're going to kind of like switch. Um, storylines from Owen Savio to Savio uh, Bradshaw. The 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 tra- uh, tried and tested route is to interfere in the match, and then uh, that causes the conflict. But to just attack him in the in the aisle, I suppose it works. It, it it means that there's going to be a match between the two. But it's very ho hum for me, especially since you know if Bradshaw is supposed to be the heel in the matchup. Even if he ran out and attacked Vega immediately after the bell, mm-hmm. but to wait until he's being carried out, go to the desk first to air his issues, and then go attack him as he's been be- as he's being carried out. 
it just, there was better ways to do that, whether it was interrupting the match or an immediate attack after the match, and then maybe put Bradshaw on the mic saying, you know, you've been a thorn in my side for way too long. I take issue with this, that, and the other, whatever it is, you know, and then build off of that. There was definitely a lot better way to do this Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, I I mean, I think it it is... um... You know, it, it it definitely could have been better, uh, but uh, but here we are. We're doing the 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 start of a new program here on a pay per view post match uh, that was uh, it kind of really wasn't significant in the in the long uh, side of things here, the long view side of things. Um, we are taken backstage here, uh, uh, where uh, Todd uh, Pettingill is actually. Um, it, it it seems like this is the first time that he's ever been in a boiler room. He's fascinated by the, the sheer amount of pipes and how dark the room is. And and ominous. He called ominous. it ominous he so it, many times. He called it ominous, and I'm like, it's just pipes, dude. Like, what do you? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but then, uh, very disturbingly, mankind is actually in the corner. I guess sitting on some like a concrete slab. I guess. And he's talking about how there was, uh, there's no place like home. And he warns the Undertaker not to come uh, to the boiler room uh, because his fate, uh, the fate that awaits him, is worse than death. Uh, so we do get some hyping up here of the boiler room brawl. Um, you you have totally glossed over the the best and worst part of this this video package. Mankind oh. licks mankind licks a pap. And it is the most disgustingly grimy pap on on the face of the earth, and he happily just licks nope. it all. It it sent absolute shudders down my spine. It just looked revolting. And then after his uh um his promo, he crawls underneath the pap, and you the 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 video cuts out just as his little legs were disappearing underneath the pap. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I've never known somebody like Todd Pettingill be so terrified of a boiler room. I mean, there's a broom, there is boxes. It's so ominous. <laughs> Not really that ominous. These were my two takeaways. First of all, mankind pole licking. Wow, that just sounds horrible. Pole licking. <laughs> pole licking aside. <laughs> I think I just made Mag spit his whatever he's drinking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Paul licking. That's Yikes. A... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That aside, mankind on the mic doing what he does is just freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Just point blank. He, he, he works his characters so well. I have so much respect for Mick Foley and, and what he does and how he does it. I think he's just great. The other thing that caught me, is it just me or does Todd Pettengill look like a really young Jamie Kennedy? He does a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Like I'm looking at him in the face and like his um, – uh, Huh? His ears. No, his- like the his – like the side of his face, his profile. That's what I'm trying to say. And like the more I look at him, it, it, he looks like Jamie Kennedy from like when he first showed up in the early 2000s and all the movies and stuff. And I'm like, are you with related a, somehow? With a Eddie Munster hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very, it was very strange. Like, I don't know why that caught me like that, but I was like, 
It's Jamie Kennedy's long lost older brother or something. <laughs> Distant cousin, uncle. The milkman, something. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we are then taken to this uh, a fatal four way tag team championship match here. Uh, the champions, the Smoking Guns, uh, are uh, accompanied by Sonny. Uh, they will be facing the New Rockers, um, as well as uh, the the Body Donnas and uh, the Godwins here. Uh, so uh, we we've basically got three, you know, heel ish kind of teams. Um, in the smoking guns, the body donnas, and the new rockers, uh, taking on the Godwins, who came out with a, an adorable basset hound and two pigs. Um, this this the match was was fine. I was more into the uh, the dog and the pigs more more than the, the actual wrestling itself, to be fair. Uh, but uh, but 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 would you like some lipstick for those for those pigs? Uh, Make it look pretty. Just the, just the just the dog. I like the dog. Uh, you want some lipstick for the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Uh, or what are your thoughts on the match? <laughs> oh jeez, you know, I thought it was fine for what it was. I, I had a feeling it was going to come down to the guns and the Godwins. The that. That's been going on for a while. The body donnas have been kind of on the outskirts and the rockers have just been there. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of the rockers. I mean, we got a little bit more of them since the, the body donnas were fir- were out first, which kind of makes sense since um, I think it was zip was in the neck brace and he had like fractured well, his cervical. That's or, Skip, skip, sorry, sorry. I can't keep them straight. The, one of the big blonde dudes. It's Chris Candido. That's actually Sonny's actual boyfriend right. at the time. Right. But he had some cervical issues, yet they still cleared him to wrestle, which I guess makes sense if you're going to clear Owen Hart to wrestle with a quote-unquote broken wrist. Yeah, why he, not? He, he actually didn't wrestle, though. He didn't actually get it. No, drink. no. But, but because, you know, if that was actually a thing... It makes sense and zip in there and not mm-hmm. skip. Get them out early. Mm-hmm. It, it it made sense. You you know yeah. you're not gonna put them in a potentially life threatening situation. Uh, which any anybody who's been a wrestling fan, whether it's been five days or fifty years, you know knows that neck injuries can be super super serious with within the sports entertainment world. Um, but I mean, it was okay. It it was all right for me. Um, I'd give it a seven out of ten, maybe. Oof, so you know, mm. I'm being nice. I'm being nice. I, I feel mean, nice today. I don't know I mean, why. That's, that's like that's like super generous. Like a, like, yeah. I, like that's like well well above average. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> maybe a five point two. How about that? It, it was it was a little bit better. That's 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 very that's that's actually a lot more accurate. It's I mean it wasn't as good as Savio versus Owen. I like that one a lot more. Um, and it wasn't it was better than some of the other things that I that we got on the card, but it wasn't as good as some other things that we got on the card. So it was better than average, but it still wasn't great it wasn't my favorite match of the night by any stretch of the imagination 
Yeah, it, it, it was fine for what it was. Yeah. Um, there was a, an interesting bit at the beginning with uh, the uh, both smoking guns being tagged in at once and then they tried to tag out. Um, and then there was uh, the bit where uh, Billy Gunn was arguing with the Rockers and he, I think he calls Henry Godwin a, a sissy uh, whilst the crowd are absolutely silent and it, and it stood out like a, a sore thumb. Uh, but yeah, it was 12 minutes of filler for me. Um, we we knew who was going to win. We knew who was going to be the the the, the team eliminated last. So it was there to fill up time. It did what it needed to do, and it's a very um, you'll easily forget it. It's an easily forgettable match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I thought this match was quite boring. I. I... <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I'm not into the the, the tag scene at WWE at this time. I just, it's not for me. But, you know, one day we'll get there. I have a feeling we will ultimately arrive at the destination I'm looking for. Um. I mean, the, the best thing about this match was probably the promo at the end. Yeah. Uh, where Sonny absolutely ripped into the the yeah. fat kind of like slovenly women, which it was oh it was so on the nose, like really kind of brutal. And then she unveiled the huge picture of her herself, uh, and yeah, that that was probably the most interesting part of the this uh, this matchup. Mm. Uh yeah, and uh, we did get a little bit of uh, of them talking about uh, the whatever it was the the beach body challenge or whatever mm-hmm. the heck that they they did at the Pope the pre show with Sonny and um, uh, who who else was involved Marlena uh, and Mar- I think Marlena. Sable Sable yes thank you I just drew a blank on that um, <laughs> that's why you have us yeah perfect the other two heads of your my, my, my dog, my, 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 my hellhounds here. Um, That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the post-match promo would probably be the, the best part of this here. Uh, we then do get a um, an interesting uh, matchup here. I was actually kind of hyped about it when looking out, out uh, on the initial outlook of the card. Uh, British Bulldog taking on Psycho Sid. Are you really going to skip that entire video package in between? Yeah, where they were painting over graffiti and stuff like that. That was absolutely and the, awesome. the race between the guns yeah, and, and the Godwins. And the Godwins with the rapid transit system and how awesome it is. And the horse Not and to car. mention King at the Cleveland Indians trying to get tips on how to do an illegal spitball pitch. <laughs> yeah, that was, you you do it like this, don't you? And he's like, nope, we don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. You just wipe the sweat off your brow, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks to the both of you, we've been brought up to speed. We've, yeah, we've literally just covered it all. Yeah, and then uh, King ending up in the... Ne- this is the last time I trust Vince to tell me he can get me tickets to a baseball game. He knows yeah, my nose bleeds from this high. Bleeds, hey, man, yeah. how'd you get up here by helicopter? Typical King fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's so, pretty much the whole package. So, if, so yeah, if you, if you want to check out that video package, it's on it's on the Peacock <laughs> Network, uh, where you will find watching this exact show. Um, so definitely check it out. Which uh, is SummerSlam season nine, by the way, which yeah. we missed at the beginning of the show. Very. 
very odd. Yeah, it it really was. But I mean, it kind of ties into the same type of stuff that WWE does now when they go in a couple of days before event, an event in a major city. And, mm-hmm. you know, they work with Special Olympics. They do outreach in the community, trying to keep the image good. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all the same typical stuff, you know, just a little more uh, campy, I guess, with the rapid transit race and King being, well, King. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. The but but the match. Let's let's get to, to the to the wrestling match here. Again, I thought British Bulldog versus Psycho Sid would be uh, a actually very good match. Um, but uh, it was sadly cut way short here, Mags. Okay, I mean this was meant to be uh, this was actually meant to be Warrior versus Bulldog, but obviously we know that Warrior uh, was indefinitely suspended for, for no-showing events, and he hadn't put his guarantee guarantor check in, so he wasn't going to be on the show, but I thought that this was a, it was a serviceable match. It was uh, You're not going to have uh, an outstanding kind of a clash of technical styles with the likes of Psycho Sid and the likes of uh, uh, British Bulldog, but Sid was over. Sid was massively, massively over. I mean, the crowd popped for this guy. Um, he did a, a promo pre-match uh, with Doc Hendricks. Kind of run run over on that because his music was playing when he was meant to be coming out and he was still there uh, waffling on. The crowd ate up everything that he did. Um, I thought that it was a, a decent enough match. I mean, it, it did go, what, seven minutes maybe? Um, and then again, we had... Uh, Clarence Mason coming out, uh, interfering with uh, with Bulldog and, and kind of uh, uh, playing off that that same kind of story that he did with Owen and Savio, where he's uh, he's showing Bulldog that he cares, whereas uh, maybe uh, so much uh, uh, Jim doesn't care as much. Uh, but yeah, it was a, a decent decent match. Um, Sid looked a monster. Bulldog held his own. Uh, not really a lot more to to really talk about. Well. I mean, we did get Jim Cornette out at ringside. Ah, uh, uh, yes, we did. You know, intercepting Mason, like, what the heck are you doing? And that caused a distraction for Bulldog, which allowed Psycho Sid to set him up and get the win. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it kind of created that extra tension, you know, because we kept getting shots of Jim back in the locker room with Vader, hyping him up and, I guess, talking him through... Um. Uh, what's strategy. Stra- thank you. I don't know what's with my brain today that words aren't wording. <laughs> but yeah, we, we got a little bit of that. And then Vince is like, I wonder if Jim Cornette's watching this backstage and knows what's going on. Well, obviously somebody either turned on a a monitor or somebody told him about it. And so he comes out, what the heck are you doing? Bulldog's like, what the heck's going on here? And, you know, Sid uses that to his advantage, as Sid would. It it made sense. And so it kind of sets up for this Jim Cornette versus Clarence Mason type feud, I guess. Hmm. The the clash of managers. Yep. Hmm. So very very strange clash of managers. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be a pay-per-view. It, it'll be the briefcase versus the tennis racket. Mm-hmm. First to get a hit in wins. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
we uh, we get a uh, a backstage uh, interview here again. Todd Pettengill um, is uh, interviewing, I believe, uh, Mark Merrow and Sable, um, and uh, that that leads us into our next contest here, um, which is the the battle of the married couples. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldust and Marlena, um, you know, Goldust with Marlena rather taking on Wildman Mark Marrow with Sable. Um, not not a not a terrible match by by any means. It's not my. F- it's definitely not my favorite match. Um, but uh, yeah, they, these two tried really hard to keep things entertaining. Yeah, and it's a, another match where we're revisiting a storyline that uh, it we thought that we'd gone past uh, and obviously we we haven't the um we had a, a few months ago the whole kind of ascending packages to sable uh goldust being infatuated with with her and then goldust kind of moved on to the undertaker uh and then now he's moved back to sable uh which is uh weird uh but the match was was good. I mean, these are two really good wrestlers. Mark Miro's been exciting to watch. He's been uh, half-flying, uh, a little bit of a change-up in, in ring gear. He's uh, kind of maybe coming away from that wild man uh, character. Uh, this is, uh, I think this is the beginning of the push into the, the kind of boxer gimmick that he uh, he ends up uh, having for a while in, in WWF. Um, but yeah, the we get a, a lot of kind of headlocks and, and uh, quick two counts, uh, backdrops. The, uh, we get Mark Miro saying that he's going to uh, uh, bring in a new move, which is called, did he call it the, the wild thing or something like that, uh, which mm-hmm. I don't believe we got to see uh, because uh, he loses. Um, <laughs> and the one of the major reasons why he loses is because Mankind, who... Is in a storyline against the Undertaker. He's also infatuated with Sable. So Goldust is infatuated with Sable, and Mankind is infatuated with Sable. Calls him mum. Uh, she's yeah. screaming like a horror movie. He's there, like, oh, mommy, mommy, mommy. He ends up uh, being essentially being chased off. She's terrified, and Goldust picks up the win with the curtain call. Mm-hmm. Hmm, it's weird, very weird. It it was uh, very strange. Um, or, Ori. <laughs> so this is what I've gotten from this. Okay. First of all, this match felt like a complete cool down match. It, it wasn't exciting to me. I wasn't interested in it. This was the go to the bathroom and grab your snacks match for me completely. Mm-hmm. Um, which you would think that would be the four man or the four team tag, but no, this, this one felt more like the cool down before they hype everybody back up to me. They're with mankind being involved. They're trying to do this storyline. It, it, it almost feels like a storyline within a storyline. There's this, an alternate side story between mankind uh, and Sable that's being pushed by gold dust because if you remember one week during raw it was after gold dust and undertaker marlena's got undertaker uh, not undertaker but gold dust backstage and it's after he's been beaten Mm -hmm. up and she's cradling him and consoling him but mankind is there with his wig talking about mommy and there's no place like home or whatever Mm -hmm. and like mommy i miss mommy said this and it's all it's like 
at that point, it almost alluded to, to me that mommy was gold dust, which is a whole nother weird bag of cats, cookies and all kinds of other things. But now all of a sudden Sable is mommy. And so it's, it's not just Taker and Mankind, Taker and Goldust, Goldust and Sable, Sable and Mara. You know, there, there's a lot of intertwining of stories and it's not, we're not getting enough explanation and exposition to really tie it all together really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm perfectly fine with mankind going after Sable and calling her mommy and being with uh, Gold Dust and Gold Dust also wanting Sable and whatnot. But if you are going to make mankind Gold Dust dog on a leash, so to speak, mm. in an effort to go after Sable for what, you know, or however, there there needs to be more there there needs to be words from gold dust or or marlena saying you know yes he's with us and yes i'm you know you don't have to come right out and say here's my evil plan but some kind of you know there's got to be more tie in there somehow and and they've built it so badly you know, they've built Gold Dust versus Taker. They've built Mankind versus Taker. They've built Gold Dust going after Marlena. But this third element, not Marlena, uh, but Sable, but they've taken this third el- element of Mankind being with Gold Dust and Marlena and going after Sable it, it, so badly that it, it just doesn't, it doesn't mesh well. It doesn't, it, there's there's not enough there to to build it the way you should to make it make sense. Mm. And that's, that's my biggest issue with it. Um, yeah. Good deal. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, I think we finally got, got past this match here. Cause it was, <laughs> it, I mean, it's, what are you trying to say, I, Tanner? Are you saying I'm talking too much? No, that's what like, it feels like. No, like, <laughs> like, I feel like I no, not at all. Like, and, and, and that's, that's on me. Cause I, I probably said this wrong, but like, I feel like this match just like, it didn't merit much to me. Like, We've talked about it more than it deserved. Like, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't understand. And, and maybe I've lost some of the context to this. I, I don't know, but I feel like there's kind of like what you guys both said. There's so many gaps in this story between them and me, like the, the these these two parties and then mankind that it's just like what's what's even going on? I, yeah, the, just, the, so. the the fact that they've left it and then revisited it uh, like a month down the line, it, it's 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 almost like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's been completely a month, but because we, like I said, you know, we had that one little package where mankind was with the, and I want to say that was within the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. Where he's backsta- backstage with Goldust and Marlena, and he's talking about mommy with the with Goldust wig, but there's just, like I said, there's not enough there to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying so hard, but th- there's some, and I I don't even know, I couldn't tell you what it is, but there's some critical element there, whether it's an explanation from Gold Goldust or whatever, 
trying to tie this together that is just completely missing for me. And if they're going to continue down this road, because of course, I don't know, there's got to be two and two needs to make four. Right now, it's not even making three and a half. There's just something missing there. Mm -hmm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We we do get a a promo package here about uh, Ahmed Johnson, which is which is nice. He he's he's there. Uh, he's not there, but like the promo package is there with Ahmed Johnson, and uh, and, and we also get a promo uh, with uh, Farouk Assad, um, who is I, I guess more or less questioning um, the decision of Gorilla Monsoon, who wants to um, I guess. Essentially, it sounds like uh, produce a tournament, um, you know, uh, for for the uh, vacant intercontinental championship. Um, Sunny does come across as very confident uh, for uh, for her client, saying that she has no doubt that Farouk will be the next intercontinental champion. <laughs> uh, so, so that'll be that'll be something to keep an eye on for the the next few Raw episodes that we'll be watching. Uh, very interesting. Um, We'll find out if Farouk Assad actually becomes Intercontinental Champion. Uh, yeah. And I also found it very dramatic and interesting that they interview the nurse and they're like, well, if we can keep the bleeding from happening again, then he'll be back in three to four months. But if we can't, we've got to remove the kidney and he'll never wrestle again. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was has, it was very very well dramatically done. Yeah, wrestling has always been very um, uh, kidney oriented, kidney based. Uh, <laughs> so I think uh, I think it's very important that he gets this resolved sooner as opposed to later. Well, um, never mind. But yeah, we did get the announcement of the the eight men title tournament, and then for because Ahmed Johnson had also won the right to challenge for the WWF title the championship title there's going to be a sudden death battle royale between stone cold steve austin savia vega psycho sid and gold dust at a special raw championship friday on september 6th there we go that's why there's two raws in the space of like four days in september right just so they can do that So, but I thought that Farouk's promo was much better this time around than what we've heard previously. I, I will say that. Yeah, and I, I picked up on something that you mentioned uh, uh, a couple of episodes ago about uh, how Sunny changes her look to suit the mm-hmm. client she's with, and uh, she did that again today. She uh, with the guns, she was out in a in a, the skirt. With uh, with uh, Farouk, she looked more uh, professional, almost like she was a. Uh, um, yeah, essentially, just more more of a professional manager. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, I'm so excited. You know, I'm so excited about this next section here of the show uh, uh, because uh, because I, I'm, I I get to hear Ori 
uh, talk about someone who she she's despised since we've started this show. Um, we get uh, we get a little bit of a of a video package here leading up to the Jake Roberts Jerry the King Lawler match. Uh, we also get Mark Henry. Uh, who is uh, who had just also come off the back of the Olympics? Um, I don't think he won a damn thing in nineteen. He came last. Yeah, um, if, if, if we recall correctly here, uh, maybe he did come in last, uh, as Max said. I'm sure he did. I'm going to actually check that whilst you talk away, but I'm sure he came in last place. Yes, um, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. He he brought a a bag down to the ring. Uh, he gave it to uh, the referee. Um, uh, during the match, and he was also wearing a Baltimore Ravens jersey of uh, 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 you know, which which uh, drew, drew him some heat, um, which is strange. Um, the, basically, yeah, Lawler has brought whiskey with him, uh, saying that they are gifts for uh, <laughs> Jake the Snake Roberts, and uh, he basically uh, spit, took a lot of time. Putting down, uh, you know, Jake's family mm-hmm. and uh, talking about how his wife was ugly, and um, yeah, it was just a your atypical Jerry the King Lawler uh, heel promo that uh, that brought Roberts down to the ring. So to just to uh, backtrack to Mark Henry, he actually suffered a back injury uh, whilst in competition, uh, and he couldn't uh, lift to his normal performance, and he finished. 14th but yeah that whole kind of intro for for um Lawler and, and Roberts was was horrific um yeah and then when he was saying oh I, if you promise not to get out what's in your bag I will give you what's in my bag it's come on it's you you you're talking with a man who has a massive issue with alcohol and substance abuse and you're using that as a promo on the essentially the second biggest show in the in the WWF calendar, yeah, it was mm. it was horrific. Uh, the good thing is though, Jerry had uh, wore the snake, so good ha 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 to him. <laughs> uh, perhaps so. Um, <laughs> uh, Ori, what did you make of this match? Can we call it a match? Is it a match? think it's a match i hated everything oh okay i hated everything about this he brought out the jim beam and the jack daniels and then he opens up his bag and it's this ginormous bottle of like wine or champagne Mm -hmm. which i have only ever seen like in a restaurant and you know, and then Jake pulls out the snake and puts it around, and that was the best part of the whole thing. And l- look, I get it. Mm. Lawler is a heel. Mm-hmm. I-, I get the psychology behind it. You do whatever you can as the heel to make the crowd hate you because that's what you want. You want them to hate you so that they like and are rooting for the other guy in most cases. However, I <laughs> I cannot hate Jerry the King Lawler any more than I do right now. Mm. The the best part was him being um wrapped up by the python 
and then Mark Henry coming to Jake the Snake's Robert's um, rescue at, at the end. And and this is the thing, like, I I've finally gotten caught up with Dark Side of the Ring. I've seen all of the episodes currently, and one of them specifically is about Grizzly Smith, which was yes. the, uh, the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, Robin, uh, Rockin' Robin, and Sam Houston, which I had no idea that they were – I had never heard of Sam Houston, but I didn't know Rockin' Robin and Jake were related at all. And I get why – to some extent why they did that, um, but – the shit that Jake had to go through. And I know people are really good at covering things up and, and not talking about things and keeping things hidden and whatnot. Um, but to, to, to green light this type of storyline with a man in recovery, in active recovery, newly recover, new recovery, because I have family members who are addicts. You know, the thank God they have recovered, but to to continue to pile in on this man in his recovery, trying to do his best, and then pour straight whiskey down his throat while he's got his head hanging over the edge of a ring apron. It, it's just, it's disgusting. It's distasteful. And if I ever hear Vince McMahon call it raw whiskey ever again, like... That is the dumbest phrase I have ever heard in my entire life. Like, it's one thing to say straight whiskey. You want to say it's straight whiskey? It's nothing but whiskey, straight whiskey. And I don't even drink whiskey. I don't even drink a whole... Y'all guys drink more than I do. I you know? I mean, I, I I don't know if uh, if I would say that I, I drink. That makes me sound like I drink a lot, and, and I don't yeah. know if I, I drink almost <laughs> never, okay. almost never. Uh, Mag says as he drinks what I assume is coffee. It is um, coffee. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about being outed as a potential alcoholic by all. No, I'm yeah, not calling I, you guys I, I, alcoholics I, by any stretch of the imagination. I know you guys enjoy your whiskey. We've I, had I, discussions I, about this, but I, I drink maybe like once every six months and I maybe have one glass at that. And it's usually nothing, nothing strong at all. Like I'm drinking Arbor mist, like a glass or two of that. No alcohol content, hardly whatsoever. Mm. I'm drinking it more for the flavor. But to to do this to to first of all say raw whiskey instead of straight whiskey as raw whiskey. <sighs> like raw. what do you get it? Oh, would it make it better if I boiled it for you, sir? Would you like me to boil and cook your whiskey so it's not raw? Sorry. <laughs> what was with the Downton Abbey? I'm, I'm... No idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I I don't know that it'll ever appear again. But, you know, it's just stupid. Just call it straight whiskey. Just call it straight whiskey, you know. And then to to continuously actively do this while this man is in, in recovery, more than likely adding to the fact that he, it caused him to fall off the wagon, you know. Like, it's just distasteful. It's rude. It's disgusting. And I'm ready for Jake to beat the absolute shit out of King and be done with this and move on. I'm I'm very very much over it. Uh, Mags, do you have anything to add to this? Uh... I mean, dumpster fire. 
Yeah, Ori covered pretty much everything uh, that was horrific about this this match. The fact that we got that uh, that um, the promo segment at the beginning uh, with the the bottles of uh, of whiskey and the the trading of the bags. The fact that he threw a beer in his face that he took from a fan. Um, it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, and then they had him losing. They had him losing as well, which just says bully people. Why not bully somebody for having a, a problem? Because you will win. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think we should move on quickly from it. Well, then let's do that. And let's let's turn our attention here to uh, the, the semi-main event here, um, which uh, was the Boiler Room Brawl. Um, it's... Um, it, it, it's an iconic match in, in, in a lot of ways that's often fondly uh, looked upon and, and, and for one reason or another. It's, it's very proto, um, uh, like, 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 like cinematic match, I guess. Like, like <laughs> I, I feel like it's yeah. in that, that subcategory of wrestling um, where, where it's like, hey, we're, we're going to take it to a destination uh, to, to have this wrestling match. And obviously, uh, uh, we were told about how ominous all the tubes and and, and piping <laughs> boxes. The, and the, the and the ladders and the yeah, everything's ominous. Yeah, the the potential for uh, a cockroach to come out in the middle of the match. Yeah, very, uh, very strange. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like this match is is looked very well upon. Uh, with a historical lens, but but did it live up to the hype? Though is my question. No, um, Mag. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I was gonna go to Mags, but I will pan it to Ori first. Ori, go for it. Yeah, like I get. Let me ask you this because you guys are more knowledgeable than I am. Mm. Had they ever had a Not cinematic true. type match before? Had they ever attempted this? Um, to your knowledge, you see, I think this was a fairly new kind concept. of concept. Yeah, I think I think they they had done matches, not so much a boiler room brawl match, but matches like off off yeah. before. Yeah, uh, but like, this was the this was kind of like like um, Tanner was alluding to. This was like the genesis of of hardcore and cinematic matches put together because I think this was actually yeah. filmed the night before. Uh, or the or the bulk of the match was filmed the night before mm-hmm. um, Survivor Series, so that's why they wheeled out for the 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 monitors uh, for for people to to watch on. Um, but yeah, it, as as a concept, it, I have to applaud it because it was something new. It was something interesting uh, at this time. It was exciting, but watching it back, knowing that the the wrestling that we've watched in the thirty years since, uh, and how how it's much more exciting, much more quick paced, and, and how we've uh, we've got uh, way better at doing these cinematic type of matches. I don't think it holds up. It, it was slow. It was plodding. Uh, they didn't really build on the fact that uh, this was an anonymous uh, uh, setting for a, for a match. You kind of saw a lot of the same kind of things happening uh, uh, time after time: attacks with pipes, uh, gas in the face, um, all, all the very similar kind of stuff like a setup where uh, mankind does the the kind of uh, the the ladder spot and then. Uh, 
uh, Undertaker pushes him, pushes the pulls the ladder up, and he falls through the boxes. All stuff now that we look back on and think, "Geez, that's a little bit cheesy." But in 1996, watching it live, I can imagine being really kind of blown away by it. But in 2021, it's it's meh. Yeah, it, it. I just don't feel like it really holds up. It, it. I agree with Mags. It felt like it was very much plodding along, ever so slowly. You know, donkey with a carrot on a stick, slow. Just trying to mm-hmm. encourage it to keep going, and the the crowd was obviously piped in. You know, there's no way that the actual live crowd was that loud and that boisterous the entire time. I think there were some spots where. Um, they brought in the live crowd on top of um, the piped in crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like for the most part, it was a lot of pipe piped in commentary was completely MIA on this. And which, when they, which I actually enjoy, to be fair, <sighs> I, felt, I felt that that, uh, you, we got like little sporadic little bits of commentary, but I felt that the fact that there was an, wasn't a lot of commentary added to this was uh was not on site. This was in a boiler room, and maybe they wouldn't. Um, they they kind of were trying to nail how um, important or how kind of daunting this kind of match is. But at the same time, I feel like they could have. God, this is just horrific. Just like mm-hmm. this is horrible to watch. At least every once in a while, and even when they had quote unquote transmission issues, like Vince was so low that it was hard to hear. Like mm-hmm. we're having transmission issues. We'll get that cleared up ever so shortly. Like you know, you could barely even hear it. Like in and the close because you know me, I watch things with closed captioning on. At one point, when under when mankind, excuse me, finally escapes and gets out into the hallway and gets into the locker room area, the closed captioning got way ahead of the actual action, mm-hmm. and that kind of took me out of it just a little bit. Um, I mean, for what they were trying to do at the time, for something that hadn't really been done before. It was okay for what it was, but seeing the type of cinematic matches that we've gotten, especially in the last couple of years, you know, it really pales in comparison. Um, the, the lighting in the boiler room was just like, I get it. They were trying to make it dark and brooding and ominous. I feel like we should have a clicker, like take shots every time we say the word ominous. Like it, it would at least make this just a little bit more interesting, you know what I mean? And so, you know, but I think they got better at it over time, especially when they started adding like the red lights to the boiler room to give it that more. You could still see what was going on, but it still gave you the the ominous feel, the mysterious. Feel. I'm telling you, we just we there's your game for for when this episode comes out. You must have a drink, and every time we say the word ominous, you have to take a shot. Even though you we've said ominous about thirty times before you <laughs> those rules. I think we I think we've topped. Uh, <laughs> so Todd down a at bottle this of Jim So right now you have to down a full bottle of Jim Beam. There you go. Mm. Oh, so we're gonna need one of those champagne bottles that. <laughs> King had. <laughs> but I mean, it, it really, to me, didn't really pick up and get truly, truly in- interesting until they got into that hallway um, mm-hmm. by the With locker the rooms. Yeah, exactly. And then by then I was like, OK, now I'm a little bit more interested in this. Now I'm, I'm kind of 
you know, getting into it and then they get to ringside and they've got the, the monitors on the, on, and anybody from the U S will understand, you know what I mean? When I say the, the it's movie day monitors from grade school, you know, they've got those all around the ring. They're using them for weapons. They're going back and forth. And then the part that shocked me the most, because I wasn't expecting it is Paul Bearer refuses to give him the urn completely turns away from him. It's like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. He, 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 he. You know? Right. Like he does this whole, and I thought it was excellently done. That was an excellent bait and switch. Paul slaps Taker, hits Taker with the urn, and then finally gives it to, to mankind for the win. And I'm like, well, I'm interested now. What's, what's going on here, boys? You know, and, it, and, I, and I thought the ending the was great. Yeah, and then we get the druids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I I was so scared of as a kid. I was so scared of Taker and Druid and the druids as a kid. The the bit that we got around the ring uh, was probably the best bit of this this match for me. Um, The the backdrop on on the the apron looked brutal. uh, Using the the two by four to the back, which just dis it just destroyed into a million pieces, Uh, and then obviously the. The, the 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 turn by Paul Bearer where he uh, he turned his back on Taker and was kind of shining up the the urn. Uh, eventually, hands it to Mankind and yeah, uh, Mankind gets the victory. And then out come the the Druids. I thought that was the coolest part of this match. Well, there you go, and 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 thus at the end of the day, Paul Bearer walks away from the Undertaker uh, and 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 leaves with Mankind. Undertaker leaves with the Druids. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. Uh, but it was a very interesting uh, uh, moment uh, there in the uh, relationship between the Undertaker and, uh, and and Paul Bearer, of course. And uh, uh, this leads us to uh, the main event of the evening. Uh, Vader and Shawn Michaels, they've been feuding for uh, what feels like quite some time now because of the Camp Cornette and Shawn Michaels feud. Um, this one I was actually very much looking forward to, uh, but it did did it live up to the hype for for the two of you? We'll start with uh, with Mag since I uh, I meant to go to you first, and, and but Ori felt very strongly about this boiler room brawl. <laughs> um, for me, this match was 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 brilliant. It was the typical kind of big hoss versus half flying uh, um, um, kind of cruiserweight size. Um, some great action in the ring. To I think the match went what about twenty five minutes or so. Uh, for Close. me, uh, yeah, for me, the it, it kept up a really uh, uh, a really cool pace. Uh, Vader uh, doing all the the big hitted moves. Shawn Michaels trying to use that uh, that uh, that pace and that wiliness. Um, there is a, a big issue in in the in in coming towards the end of the match where Michaels uh, is going for the elbow uh, and Vader is meant to move out of the way and he doesn't. So uh, Michaels essentially lands on his feet and just uh, kicks the living shit out of uh, Vader in his head and he's audibly angry about that spot. Uh, so I, I actually uh, I already knew that this was an issue um, because obviously I, I'm. I'm aware of this show already, and Cornet uh, hated the fact that uh, Shawn Michaels did this. Vader was a little bit more kind of uh, receptive. He, he essentially said it was his fault. 
uh, and that he knew that Michaels was this uh, was this kind of a perfectionist in the ring, and whenever there was an issue, he he would get kind of uh, aerated about it. But he, the show Max ended up actually politicking to get Vera pushed down the card because the story was meant to be that whilst Vader lost this match, he get, gets a rematch and then ends up being uh, WWF champion. Uh, now, because of uh, Michael's politicking, that may not happen, Wink. Um, not to not to uh, throw any spoilers out, but yeah, I thought the match was was uh, was really well done. Um, and yeah, uh, Paul Vader should have been world champion. Hmm. That that is one man's opinion. As wait, 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 wait! Did you just say Paul Bearer should be champion? Paul Vader. Vader. Oh, poor Vader. Yeah, Sorry, his, 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 that Northern his, England accent his, threw me off. Yeah. It is funny because, <laughs> like, I've been listening back to our earlier shows as they come out. Just you know, not you know, just to see. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you you want to listen back and hear. And every time you talk about Mark Marrow, it kind of sounds like you're talking about Miro. Mark in AD, AEW, yeah. When you say Mero, it to me sometimes it comes out Miro. Mark Mero. Yeah, not, but that's his name. That's his I know, name. but sometimes with the way that you say Mero, it sounds like Miro. When you common, say because I have a common horrific accent that sounds. I like love it. I know. A, I love it. Your sounds accent. like someone who's had a stroke and an aneurysm no! at the same time. No, no. I sound like I've, I've got. A stroke and Bell's palsy. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Stop that. That's horrible. Don't, don't, don't do that to our poor Jim Ross. I didn't say Jim Ross. I said me. You didn't say anything about Jim Ross. Jim Ross has had a stroke and has Bell's palsy. Yeah, but, but no one brought him into the, this conversation. You may yeah, as well so. have. Jeez, poor Jim. Leave Jim out of this. Uh, yeah, I don't think Max was attacking Jr. Um, uh, Ori, what did you think of this main event? <laughs> I mean, you know, Mag said, you know, that it was supposed to be a uh, he was supposed to lose in it, but we ended up having like three matches in one. Yes, you that, know that kind of upset me. I'll be honest, I did not like that approach to this match. I- I don't know if I really like it either. I'm not sure how I feel about it. To to an extent, it makes sense. I mean, you had the interview before the match with Jim Cornette and Vader, and it was a typical Jim Cornette hiding behind Vader. All of the focus for the camera is on Vader. Super close-ups, which made me a little uncomfortable, honestly. But for a guy who's a monster, I guess that makes sense. Va- uh, Cornette hiding in the bag, running his mouth, talking, you know, hyping him up, all that kind of good stuff. And then, no, this isn't the way we wanted to win the match. Twice over, calling him a gutless coward. It, it's, while while it wasn't the way we would want the match to go down, we'd want it to be one singular, on the line, down the middle type match. You know, it it, it is what it is. It, it made sense in the fact that Cornette's going to try and get it restarted when even though Michaels initially got counted out because of what Vader did and then Cornette got involved causing the tennis racket to go into the ring, which left Michaels to use it and him being disqualified, 
you know, Jim, no monsoons right there. Restart it. Let's do this thing. Don't be a gutless coward. It's it's typical Jim Cornette ta- tactics. So while it's not how we would want it to go down, it makes sense really and truly. And then that giant pow- uh, Vader off the top rope, like that was, that was, I was so glad that Shawn Michaels moved because that looked horrible and scary. And I would not want all 400 and some odd pounds of Vader coming down at me from 10 feet up off of the top mm-hmm. rope. Mm-hmm. That just, ooh, ugh. it looked nasty. It did, but I th- I, we, you, you, you talked about the, 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 the two false finishes and that was what was actually meant to build uh, the kind of controversy. So, that uh, Vader got a rematch. Uh, I think the story was he was meant to get the the rematch at uh, Survivor Series, uh, win the title, and then uh, drop it back to uh, Michaels at, at the Royal Rumble. But obviously, because of Michaels' politicking, it didn't happen. So that was the whole point of the the three essential finishers. Uh, and if you watch the the, the actual uh, end of the match, Vader kicks out of the three count straight away so that's um that's that was to build that he hadn't actually lost he, he kicked out just in time um but obviously they didn't go with that and i think he, he ended up being replaced in the storyline with um sid i think i think i i, I want to say that's right i can't i can't okay. attest Have you to that both froze i'm I'm actually okay. So I had a long day. I did not get up as early as I should have. So I've been watching this match as we are recording. To be perfectly honest, com- com- complete transparency with our viewers, and I'm literally watching the end of this match right now. And I did not see Vader kick out. However, I will say I did see him struggling. And it did not look like his shoulders were completely down on the mat. I will mm-hmm. give you that. Yeah. Because I'm literally, I'm right. It's This is right about when Sean does the backflip off the top rope. That's at about two hours, 49 minutes and one second. So, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I'm watching right now. He goes immediately for the cover and what essentially happens is, is that Vader, while, while Sean's covering him, Vader brings his left arm up and wraps it around Sean Michaels' head. So it kind of leaves that left arm kind of up at about the seven-second mark. And mm-hmm. so while I agree that I don't think he fully had the pin, I think the shoulder was up a bit, Um yeah, I didn't see too much of a kick out. I saw some some shaking of the legs, some struggling, but yeah, that that's definitely questionable. I I would question that were I in charge in Gorilla Monsoon and say, whoa. <laughs> well, but I mean, at the same time, we've got Mike Kyoto in instead of Earl Hebner because Earl Hebner had gotten kicked out of the ring at one point. So God. poor Earl. Poor Earl. He always gets the the brunt of these bad things. Now, wait a minute. Hang on a second. I just noticed something. So, I know they don't, we're not to the Titan Tron era yet, but I'm looking in this arena. What was the point of bringing the, the monitors out versus uh, Taker versus Mankind if they've got the upper screens 
available to them? Was that maybe so that the ringside people could see see easier, or was that just so they could use the monitors as weapons? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a- Probably a little bit of both, because I would think depending on what depending on how those screens at the top, because it it looks like hockey screens is what it looks like to me. You know. Um, it would probably be kind of difficult to see those really well from the ringside seats. So it's, it's probably a combination of both. I don't know. Just, just something random that I'm noticed as I'm watching the very end of this, the last couple minutes. I don't know. As we record. As we record. <laughs> well, L- as listen, we record and talk about it, she's finishing up the show. <laughs> at least I'm being honest about it. You know? Mm-hmm. I'll be honest about it. You know, life is what happens while, you know, while we make other plans. And and mm-hmm. I had great intentions of getting up early this morning and watching this. And it just didn't happen. I had physical therapy yesterday from carrying the show on my back, as we've talked, <laughs> talked about, <laughs> which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I'd do that at all. But I had physical therapy yesterday, and I told you guys I started door dashing. So I'm a little sore this morning. I'm a little hurting. And so, and, and we've had horrible weather. My backyard looks like a swamp, you know, aside from the fact that I live in Louisiana. Like we've had to bar the dogs from coming in the bedroom because there's just muddy paw prints all over my house. So weather like that just really affects affects me physically and makes me hurt more. So, you know, trying to wake up this morning was not a thing that I was wanting to do very much. <laughs> uh, but but at the end of the day, when we're looking at SummerSlam 1996, as we wrap up this this show here, this review, um, did did this show meet your expectations? We I'll, I'll start with you, Mags. Did did this show meet your expectations that you had leading into this? I mean, to circle back to the the beginning, um, this was a very up and down card. It had some some pretty big highs, but a lot of a lot of trap. I thought the 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 last match was arguably the best match, um, uh, aside from the 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 ending. I thought the opener was decent, um, but. There was a hell of a lot of filler, uh, and you can tell this is a WWF that is deep in transition. I hated the Jerry Lawler and Jake Roberts stuff, um, so for me, this is this is a missable pay per view. Oh, okay, missable SummerSlam nineteen ninety six, one one of the bigger shows of of the year, it's <laughs> it's, completely it's, missable. I mean, you would have more fun listening to us slag it off than you would watching the show perhaps so uh and and ori did did this show live up to your expectations in a lot of ways yes and in a lot of ways no like if you really wanted to to watch it back uh, to some degree i will agree with mags like it is completely missable if you really wanted to to watch it the two things that i would dec- definitely recommend watching watch that first match between owen and savio vega i thought it was a great match watch the very ending match between Shawn michaels and vader but the rest of it in between yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah i mean that makes sense uh <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was it. SummerSlam 1996 uh, ends with a meh, meh, meh. 
we, we will be back again next week talking about uh, the Monday Night Raw and the fallout from this meh, SummerSlam. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening along as we have uh, reviewed the show. Um, and uh, give us your thoughts. Hit us up uh, on Twitter at the uh, Change in Attitude account and uh, let us know what uh, what you thought of it. Maybe you thought it was better than, than, than what we did. Maybe you thought it was worse. Mm, it's ominous. Mm. And, uh, yeah, just uh, let's check out all the stuff and all the things uh, that A Change in Attitude provides for you. Uh, we've got, a, certainly at this point, a, a nice little back catalog of episodes. So if this is your first uh, opportunity listening to us, go back and check out the other ones. They're, they're, they're back there. They're back there. Just, just that way. Go ahead and click <laughs> click on those and, and, and check out those raws as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ori, let's 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 take this thing home. Uh, where can the, all the nice people listening at home find more of you and your content? Well, you can find me, of course, on the Change in Attitude Twitter feed. That's ACIA Podcast on Twitter. Or you can hit up my personal Twitter, which is Oriona75, O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5. Um, not really doing TikTok anymore. Kind of, eh. But uh, still still on Twitch, still streaming, actually playing some Final Fantasy fourteen here lately getting that grind up to 50 trying to get to the next expansion getting super close and that is monday and friday evenings at 8 p.m central standard time can also catch me occasionally during the week so um, if you want to catch me on there head over to twitch twitch.tv forward slash oriona 7 hit that subscribe button and notifications and it'll let you know when i go live fantastic and, and Mags, where can people find more of you and your content? Okay, so uh, to piggyback off of Ori and uh, mentioning of the the uh, the podcast Twitter feed, you can also contact us by uh, email, uh, and that is a changing attitude podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, for me personally, you can follow me on the Twitters at Podfather Mags, where I am in. Involved in way too much content for any one human being. Uh, so definitely go and check out my Twitter for links to that, um, where you will find uh, links for Radio Techers, which I'm involved with with uh, my good friend here, Tanner. Uh, we're doing some really exciting things uh, as we uh, push towards Soul Autumn and uh, YouTube infamy. Uh, you can find me on Five Rounds with Carlos, where we would discuss... Uh, UFC and uh, the the topics surrounding the fight game, and you can also find me on uh, Chain Wrestling with uh, uh, my good buddy Sa, which is also now going live uh, every week on the Radio Techers YouTube. So definitely go and give uh, that channel a sub and a follow. Um, yeah, come and check out all the content that I do. Yes, Mags has been an absolute workhorse this week here as we've kicked off uh, the Radio Techers Network. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, one day you'll get some some live change in attitude features over on the Radio Techers Network. That would be pretty cool. I I'm here for it. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's 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 hope that for uh, maybe maybe a WrestleMania or a Survivor Series, perhaps, but we can make it happen. Ooh. I'm glad that we all planned that. that was, uh, we all yeah. spontaneously planned it, just yeah, as we wanted. 
<laughs> De- definitely, uh, if you're out there listening, if you're a fan of Mags producing the content that he does with Five Rounds and uh, 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 the Chain Wrestling, or, or just Radio Techers proper, if you're a fan of the uh, the beautiful game of football, then uh, you should definitely sub to that channel uh, where, where you can find more cool stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 all that's all for for this week. I but think. but Tanner, where can we find you? Uh, you can I was so waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> you you can actually find uh find my content over at uh, on Twitter at Radio Techers, which is uh you know that's that's where you'll find all of my stuff. I'm also uh, about to drop a lot of content uh, for um, uh, Headlock Talk, which uh, I'm, I'm putting away into the retirement vault here very soon. And uh, uh, Mags, uh, Mags was able to help me out a little bit with some of that. That was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, you'll you'll get uh, some some Headlock Talk wrestling content there, uh, both on my main feed as well as on Love Wrestling. So thanks to the guys over there at Love Wrestling for helping pr- uh, put that together. And uh, yeah, just uh, go ahead and sub to that YouTube uh, page or Twitter page for Radio Techers. Uh, that, that's where that's probably the most likely place that you'll see me. Um, but uh, but yeah, fun times had by all here today. I think um, you know, continue subscribing and listening here to the Chairshot Radio Network, where we always recommend that you use your head. And uh, you guys take care and have yourselves a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. The chairshot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.